and welcome to the Whitmer Quake Podcast. I'm Mike Whitmer. And I'm Jeff Quake. And welcome back. Obviously talking hockey here and straight hockey before it was always either this or the round table, but now the round table has a new name. Always going to be it's hockey stuff. now for us. Um, yeah. And let's just say, uh, definitely playoff-wise, NHL is by far the best. And even after months off from playing and coming back, you still get three game sevens and one uh, in the semifinals. That's it's pretty impressive. damn good. Three of the four, all four went to three to one games. The Bruins were the only ones that fall had fell, but the other ones were able to come back and force game sevens. Yep. One went to an overtime, which I think anyone could have guessed with that series. Yep. Um, and obviously last night's game, uh, that surprise to me is throughout the playoffs, which was Vancouver. Um, and I guess you can argue the Islanders too. Sure. Um, but they uh, that game is uh, as well uh, going to seven last night and us and last and tonight the final game seven before tomorrow the next the conference finals begin for the West at least Monday it's the East. Yes. And, so and, it sounds like that I don't know. Hold on. Is, is there a set schedule? I think there is a set schedule for. Um, the Western Conference Finals. I um, there say. could oh, be, yep. but I wouldn't be positive on that just because not everything's been set in stone yet on that. Right. Yeah, they only have one game, the first game scheduled. Okay, yeah, so that, that's what it is. Um, so as you know by now, um, it is the Dallas Stars who won in overtime against the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who right won three, three to nothing. Yeah, screw you, man. I can't let Pierre be happy. I had to vote against him. You're not wrong, but now you gotta watch Corey Perry in the conference finals. Cool. You also have – I mean, if you still hate Mar- Marc-Andre Fleury, you also have to see him too. I, I mean, hate him backup, less because he's on Vegas. I know. I'm just saying. And he's more fun to watch on Vegas. And he's a backup at this point. Yeah. For this play, at least. Yeah, right. but he did come, anyway. He did come in for Vegas one game. Yeah. He started at least one game. But uh, either way, though, so we had some great action last night. Uh, like I said, uh, Dallas won overtime. That was 5-4, to four, a huge uh, scoring game there. Alexander Radulov had two. And it's really quite simple for uh, Dallas goals. Two players scored goals. Radulov had two. And Kibiranta had a hat trick. And he's the... First player to have a hat trick, according to records, since Wayne Gretzky in a game seven. Wow. Which I believe was 1993 or so. They mentioned somewhere in the late, mid to late 90s. Um, the goal scorers were Vladislav Nemestikov, who had two, Andre Burakovsky, and Nazem Kadri. Jeff's favorite player. Oh, well, absolutely. He's got a lot of favorite players, so. Yeah. And then the other game, it was a 3 nothing shutout, but really is 1-0 plus two empty net goals. Chad Theodore yeah. uh, didn't score the first goal until 
five and a half minutes left in the game, and that was five seconds into a power play. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck uh, put the game away with the empty netter, and then Paul Stasny completely put the game away with that last empty netter. And we'll, break this, we'll break this series down more, but Jeff, if you yes. haven't already guessed it, he's going through the stat head. If I am. Uh, yesterday's top performers, of course, of course, leading off is Joel Kiviranta. Uh, he is a rookie who put up a hat-trick in Game 7. That's very impressive. Plus two, five shots in goal, just under 15 minutes of ice time. Uh, Nemestikov and Radulov each had two goals apiece in their Game 7 matchup. Uh, Kadri and Stasny, a goal and an assist there, two points. Nazem Kadri played just under 25 minutes in that Game 7. Pretty impressive there. Uh, some other highlights, Shea Theodore, the game winner, and Andre Burakovsky, another two points there. Uh, goaltenders, Robin Leonard, he only a 14 save effort, but he got the shutout in that game seven victory. Thatcher Demko, I mean, and we'll talk about him yeah. more at some point, but this kid is unreal. It, it also he, makes you think, why well, wasn't he starting before him? No idea. Not that, I, the, not that I, Vancouver really needed to worry about that, really, because – right. Coming into this series, they kind of easily handled the Blues. So, yeah, surprisingly. But I'll put it this way: um, Thatcher Demko, he was superb, and he really gave the Canucks a fighting chance to actually mm-hmm. win this series. But again, and, if you're, yeah, well, yeah, let's get to that later. Finish yeah. your stat head. Um, but. Yeah, again, we'll talk about Demko later. Uh, 33 saves on 34 shots, 0.971 save percentage. Anton Hudobin, although he led a four goals, he still made 40 saves, 0.909 save percentage. Uh, and then I mentioned, of course, the scores yesterday. The only other game going on that's left, Flyers, Islanders, game seven tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Anyone else get the NBC uh, song stuck in your head just now? As he was yep. <laughs> I love it. So there is that. If you're listening to this in Canada, the sports night. Yep. Sportsnet. Sportsnet, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, but so round, uh, the Western Conference Finals game one begins tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Dallas versus Vegas. And it's still to be announced. Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, who finished off the Boston Bruins in five, will await the winner of the Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Islanders for the Eastern Conference Finals game one. Yes. So we will wait and see what happens in game seven and who they will play. I will say this. I think you're going to – I think it's not really much of a surprise in the West. I think this next series, the Stars and the Golden Knights, will be similar to every other Star series, it seems. I think it's just going to be another kind of high-scoring series. I wouldn't be surprised. Not that I don't I, think – I think Vegas has a – they both have decent defenses. It's not the best, but uh, – It's more so who has the better offense. Yeah, exactly. Um, that and who has then, more depth. Yeah, and I think I, I think um, Vegas – Oh, by the way, forgot to mention a major uh, play that happened between Vegas – and uh, Vancouver's game last night. Ryan Reeves, as no surprise, was pull, pulled to Ryan Reeves. Uh, Five-minute major and a game misconduct, a shoulder to the head of Tyler Mott of the Canucks. Vancouver did not score in the five-minute power play. However, 
I know for a fact the Tyler, um, uh, Ryan Reeves, according to the Angel Players uh, Safety Department Twitter page, he has a hearing today for his illegal check to the head. So we will await to see what the news only is if, for that. Only if Pella got, you know, the league looked at that for like a second. Yeah. Because so you're gonna. We will see. I'll get to I'll get to my rant on that in a second, Michael. Calm down. <laughs> You'll get there. Yes, you will get there. But um, yeah, so that was some huge news. So Ryan Reeves should most likely miss personally, in my opinion, the first two to three games of the Western Conference Final, if that was me. But knowing the Department of Player Safety, he's gonna miss one game. He's probably gonna miss I think you're gonna be running that. He has he does have a record. He he has a history. Games, so uh, so t- keep in mind Tyler Mott did come back, so that was kind of more so in the favor of Ryan Reeves right there. But at most two games, he'll get. Yeah, I but, expect one because of the Department of Player Safety. The only reason two is because Ryan Reeves has a history. However, he should get really three to five games for this hit. Right. If you really want to make an example on right. these things, but. The Department of Player Safety does not do that because they are run by people who do understand how uh, penalties and injuries happen. So, you know, keep just, doing you guys. Yeah, just long running rants on the NHL play- player safety. I swear, one of these days, I, the moment, it, it, I don't even, how do you even get a job in that department? That's my question. Because if I ever see a job opening for that some reason, I'm just going to – I'm going to draw there myself and say, hey, give me this job so I can tell you guys and show you how to actually run this department for once because you haven't been able to do that for years. if not ever yeah. in your history. More so the more recent history. Last five to ten years. Yeah. When everything kind of changed a bit in the NHL where they looked more at yep. these kind of things rather than kind of brush them aside. As, oh, that was just a nice hockey play. Which I'm sure Melbury. I didn't even see the hit, but I'm sure Melbury would have had the same thing. Oh, that was just a nice hockey play. Probably, yeah. Same but, thing with Kirk Muller. Oh, yeah, it's just a hockey play. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, other news going around the league, though. The Panthers have a new GM, and it's not someone who we would have even expected, let alone have even heard. A former Columbus Blue Jackets assistant uh, somewhere in their uh, system. It, it, was he assistant GM? He was the assistant GM. Well, there you go. Uh, Bill Zito got a brand new five-year contract with the Florida Panthers, making him the next GM in Florida Panthers history. They have some work to do in this offseason. I will uh, say this. Have... I want. I know it hasn't been announced yet, and that's another thing we can touch on in mm-hmm. a little bit because it was announced when all these awards will be actually announced the winners. But yes. I would not be surprised. I. I'm not that surprised they looked at Columbus because I do believe um, their GM, whoever I'm blanking on his name at the moment. I'll look him up real quick. I think or he, Florida or, or, or Columbus. Uh, Columbus. Oh, it was. Uh, uh, oh no. Kikalanian. Yarmo, right? Yarmo, yeah, Yarmo. Yarmo. He says so I could see him crazy. potentially being a finalist, if not running the outs, just because of where they ended up being after losing so many big pieces. I know that's why Torella is a finalist for Jack Adams, but even though they didn't seem to, Blue Jackets didn't really do too, too much 
Um, uh, so let's see. This here. O- they didn't do much this offseason, but they did enough to can come back to the playoffs. You know yeah. what I'm saying. But right. I think I can understand why they looked at a team like Columbus because I think they themselves probably see themselves as a Columbus team. Uh, and that maybe, not that they're going to miss any big pieces, but maybe he can be someone that can get not these bigger pieces that can get them going. Okay, so actually they did announce, oh, wait, I lied. That was three years ago. That is, nope, that's, they did not announce it. I lied. Ignore me. All right, I was, I was going to say, I was like, some some of these names were, uh, were throwing me off here. I was like, nope, no, I don't know why they're out there. So do we even know who the finalists are for GM of the year? It's not come out yet. That's pretty lame. But uh, since we're talking about awards, might as well break some of them down. So coming up uh, on Monday, the Master Tim Memorial Trophy will uh, winner will get announced. Of course, Oscar Lindblom is up for that. Wednesday, the Jack Adams Coach of the Year Award will get announced on Wednesday, September 9th. And more importantly, September 10th, the Selkie Award winner will get announced for the best offensive uh, or best defensive forward. And, of course, Sean Couture is a finalist for that. Hopefully he plays tonight. That's a theory I have is because it's game seven, he could play tonight. Hopefully Joel Farabee will be good to go. We'll see. We'll break down the Flyers' massive big game six win a little bit later in the podcast. Um, real quickly here, I do want to touch on uh, a couple of players throughout the playoffs that we've seen. Congratulations, huge congratulations to Nathan McKinnon, who's the first player with 25 points in his team's first 14 playoff games since Wayne Gretzky did it in 1993. An incredible accomplishment. Nine goals, 16 assists. That's just unheard of. That that's absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm telling you, I think he's now the second best player in the league. I could see it. He he's really it goes McDavid, McKinnon. Yeah. And then Crosby. Crosby, you, you, you have to show the respect for Sidney Crosby just because of how much he's accomplished and how much he can still do in the today's yeah. game. But again, it's the fact that just look how McKinnon is playing the game today. His speed, his that the only reason everything, why? his intensity, his scoring abilities, it's unreal. The reason why I put him second instead of first, I think McDavid's by far better than anyone else. I don't care what Pierre says when he says that uh, McDavid or McKinnon at the moment might be better. Yeah. Look at the team he has versus the team McDavid has, and look at the numbers McDavid still puts up. I know. And he just has Drysaddle, who he'll sometimes play on the line with, mostly on the power play, but recently they've been separated. They haven't been on the same line. Whereas McKinnon, I know we talked about this last time, but I really like bringing it up because I really like shitting on Pierre. Oh, I know you do. His dumb, his dumb opinions because I yeah. think that's really dumb. And he still he's did another shot at uh, the uh, Maple Leafs last night too, during that. Uh, I Avalanche did Stars hear game. something about that because he because it was after the the Cadre goal that he just made a light a slot. He didn't mention the Leafs, but he said not to trade someone that like or someone somewhere on the lines of don't you don't trade someone with that 
amount of talent or scoring touch. But well, guess again, what? I'll, I'll put it this way: for hey, Pierre Maguire, when you have a guy who consistently and constantly is getting you penalties and not doing jack shit for you and in the playoffs, is the and costing you games and key plays in the playoffs and giving the opposing team key Momentum. power plays and suspensions and everything. He's not a key guy. He's not. Also, he just have. He, I'll put this way: I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's just the talent on Colorado's team. Maybe it's just a better system for him. I don't know. But Kadri has been a lot better, and probably this is how Kadri should have been playing all along with the Toronto Blaze. This kind of mentality. I don't know. He's being, you know, stupid out there on the ice, making dumb penalties left and right. And you finally start, started to see that towards the end of the series. The stars got under his skin a bit. He got two penalties in one game. And he did. And they capitalized. can't make those mistakes. And it cost him. Um, but I will also say this, too, for the Blue say, or the Maple Leafs' sake, because I'm going to, mm. I know that's not the same because they haven't won. But even when the Blackhawks were going through their. Uh, run. They still had the trade pieces away just so they can they avoid the cap and keep some of the better players. Exactly. Literally, perfect Their offense, example. The offense is no problem at all in Toronto. Yeah. They could, then somebody would, was going to bound to be on the chopping block at some point because they needed defense. So they traded for a defenseman who was supposed to be something, but he never really turned out to be anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I, perfect for example. Toronto's sake, maybe it would have been great if you got a little more out of that trade, but it's whatever. You're you're still the best offensive team, in my opinion. Yeah, but going back to what you said there, Mike, because you made a great point. Chicago made a lot of moves uh, after their success, but specifically after 2010, they made nine moves. Yes, nine, and some of them were key guys to that championship team. Dustin Bufflin got traded. Andrew Ladd got traded. John Madden, Ben Eager, Christopher Steeg, which who played a pretty big part. Brent Sopel, Adam Burrish, Colin Frazier, and Antti Niemi. All nine of those guys got traded by the Chicago Blackhawks, and they played a. Most of them played a key role, specifically Niemi and Bufflin, uh, in that Stanley Cup Shaw, championship. Too. Say again. Oh, I think later on too. Sean, Sean later on, after the 2013, if not even 2015 championship. But now, ironically, he's back in Chicago. And same, yeah, they brought back guys. (laughs) Yeah. They obviously. My my all time favorite Mm -hmm. trait how they brought back. How they brought back. um, I can't. uh, The guy who they gave uh, Panarin for, I can't think of his name right now. I don't know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's another. That was another kind of bigger piece too. Training one. Well, they kind of yeah. had to, but they didn't bring back Panarin. No. That, and and that was he a mistake. wanted to go back this past offseason. He wanted to go back to. He wanted to play in the big city, and he wasn't rolling out Chicago. No. He's in New York now, and the Rangers fans are probably happy about that. But oh yeah. But again, it's it's just something those type of teams have to do. There's little moves, little trades, and yeah, you can crap on them if that player ends up doing well in the next home he plays. But 
when you, you really, and that's the tough part as Jamie you got to make those tough decisions and, and yeah the uh, maybe they've spent a little too much on their top players in Toronto but they're locked up for a while you don't have to worry about them for a while and by then Tavares would be in his mid 30s and the other guys would be in their late 20s they'll be in their prime they're yeah. fine that again it's the defense and i've even seen that Frederick Anderson might even be on the trade block too. I did hear that, and it sounds like the and there Leafs was a chance already they, made a trade earlier uh, a couple weeks ago. They might be interested in trying to acquire Matt Murray. Yeah, but Matt Murray's gonna. I know he hasn't played well, but he's going to get money because two cups. Yeah, the Maple Leafs aren't able to afford that. So I'll put it this way: someone is going to overpay Matt Murray. Well, they will. Every team has. Even the Panthers overpaid for Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. That that's just something that happens all offseason. Even people were saying the Flyers overpaid for Kevin Hayes. And Kevin Hayes, arguably, was one of the Flyers' best forwards this season. Yep. Not like, and, so the thing that cracks me up, though, yes, the Flyers still had to re-sign Kevin Hayes. They only give up a fifth-round draft pick for him. So for his rights, but yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Anyways, so, what out of those uh, outside of? I guess we can get into him. Um, what do you? Th- what was the mo- The thing that stood out to you most when he looked back at at the game sevens last night, and really just the playoffs in general so far. Right. So the playoffs in general, they they've been superb to watch. So much fun. Um, it's been all over the place with the scoring. I was very surprised. <laughs> I'm curious in your thought on this because everyone keeps saying this. Do you put an asterisk on whoever wins? No. No? No, I I, I don't because I don't so e- I don't either because I honestly think I know it's I was months off from playing last and getting ready for this was yeah. not the easiest thing to do. But everyone was on equal fitting when they came in. Exactly. The not Pen- only that, but Pen- here's the, the Penguins, thing. the uh, Blue Jackets, and the Islanders all benefited from uh, this uh, play-in or this playoffs because by the time the play was paused, they had key players who were hurt. Yeah, they now time. came back and they uh, contributed big time. Seth Jones played eight up huge minutes in that six. I know they lost, but that six. The, f- the five game, five overtime game, game, yeah. Obviously, the Islanders right now still doing well. Um, yeah. Penguins uh, the, with Jake Gensel. The young talent in Va- uh, Vancouver showing up. The older veterans in St. Louis taking a little longer to get ready, maybe. That maybe affected them a bit for why they struggled yeah. so much. And I know yeah. I, I know there's te- the fan base of like Boston or Chicago, even Carolina might go – fuck this playoffs because of this whole thing but you also had I know that I'm actually going to scratch Carolina because they got screwed by injury too again back to the playoffs with the same player yeah but it's I, it that's the only reason why I won't put an asterisk on it is because everyone had an equal fit in that's why they, the thing they was did. why not and us? again and people took advantage of it Oh no! Montreal, Again, the Montreal Canadiens—they had Arizona. a 500 record 
and their or when the season paused, they I made know. this 2014 playoff when they had no business making this playoffs, and they made it to the first round. They mm-hmm. almost pushed it to Game Seven. They lost in Game Six to the Flyers. They stormed past the Penguins, which no one saw except for a couple of us. Um, but I really think that there's no need to put an asterisk next this year. It's kind of like 2013. There was the lockout, you know, and then you had a 41 game schedule. Yeah, and it was some of the best plays we ever saw that year. These guys had couple several months off. Ro- I think down the stretch you're probably going to see that, like again, three seven games. No sweeps. No sweeps. No sweeps so far. Which is pretty awesome. The closest one to a sweep was 4-1 or 3-1. If right. you want to go back to the round robin, or round robin playing games. Yeah. Actually, there was a sweep. One sweep. Carolina over New York. Yes. Sorry, I didn't think about the first time. I'm like, hold on. But yeah, no, you're right. Um so, but no, they've been very entertaining players, though. But no, all in all, to answer your question uh, and to move on to the next topic, no, I don't believe that there should be an asterisk, no matter who wins. What, even, you know, if it's Vegas for the first ever Stanley Cup championship, if it's Dallas' first Stanley Cup since 1999, if it's the Flyers' first Cup since 75, is the Lightning second Cup ever in franchise history first to since 2004, or the New York Islanders, the first since probably the late 80s. Their last um, of the four in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter who it is, there's not going to be an asterisk next to it. No. Everyone agreed to this format, including the teams that lost in that pl- the play-in round, including the Penguins, the Rangers, all these other – the Coyotes. The who or, sorry, not Coyotes, uh, Predators. Uh, the Bruins who lost in five in, in round one. Every no, there, there was a like a sorry moment round two. Where, there was a slim moment where you thought, oh, the Bruins look like they're coming back to the Bruins yeah. form, but the Tampa Bay just Tampa Bay's too good. Shut them down. Yeah, but all, all in all, though, there's no asterisks. Did we ever move on? Yeah, never mind. I because I remember you sent me something about again people crapping on. Uh, Tuca again for leaving the Bruins. Yeah, there's this one guy. I think it was the Bruins. I can't remember how long ago this was, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I have to. I almost don't want to talk about it just because, one, it's older news, but two, I don't want to give this clown any more attention. But just people, I just hate how ignorant people are it was this guy mark james who i don't even know he's just he's uh just a verified twitter account nothing more said dear tuca as a lifelong bruins fan i'm disgusted by your cowardly decision to give up you quit on boston your coaches all your teammates yourself every Bruins fan i hope that i never have to see you in a black and gold sweater with the spokes be again like and well, all I said it, I I, I said, Mark, do everyone a favor, sell your mouth shut. He had a family emergency regarding his daughter. Imagine if he had a daughter and something happened to her, but you're in another country. Stop being such an inconsiderate human being for once, and uh, stop being such an inconsiderate human being, and for once in your life, don't be a prick. Because like yeah. literally, that's all this guy is. It's it's mm-hmm. unbelievable 
how I mean, I'm sure considerate you have to be to say something like that. Avalanche fans are probably saying the same thing when Grubauer went down. But these are just things that happen in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like it's out of their control. The Flyers had, what, two goalies? And they made in 2010, they had to go through, and they still made it to the Cup. They lost, but they made it. They had three goalies. Three goalies, sorry. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying – it's, it's something that happens in the playoffs. This isn't not only that, but Yaroslav Halak tr- played tremendously throughout the playoffs. He had some slippy, slippery goals. Yeah, you know, he, he, he had a couple moments here and there that were iffy. But look, every, every goal, goal goes through every that. goalie so far in these playoffs has had a shaky moments. moment. Robin Lanners had it. Demko, Gary Price, Carter Demko Hart, didn't play enough. Demko didn't play enough to really have one. No, they played two games. He um, played two, three games, too? Was it two or uh, three? Three. Three. He's two three, and okay. One. He was two and one. He might have come in in relief in one of those games, but right. I think he I think he started two and finished one. I forget. Something like that. But anyway. So yeah, no, there is uh so that's all that. Um yeah. That's the one thing you are seeing a lot in these playoffs. And maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just me because I'm watching the Flyers more than anything else. But it seems mm-hmm. like the younger guys, as in younger, like young, talented guys, the Nathan McKinnons, the Matthew Barzells, the um, Elias Pettersons, the whoever, uh, Riley Smith, if you want to go for Vegas. Uh, but I'm more so talking about the younger guys. It seems like the veterans are having such a hard time so far of being able to shut them down. Yeah. They're able to neutralize them a bit, but not shut them down. Even the one of the better defensive teams was not able to shut down Elias Pedersen in the Vancouver Canucks. No, and, and Pedersen looked absolutely superb. And he, he looked because this is his first ever playoffs and he, mm-hmm. he looked fantastic. And I will say this if you want to transition a bit over to the Flyers and the Islanders. Sure. Because I haven't obviously before this, I've, I've we've seen more Barzell than any other season just because we're playing him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I will put him in the – not as talent-wise. I don't think he's as good as these guys. But maybe, maybe just because of this playoff series. But he seems like he got to me like a Crosby or McDavid or McKinnon uh, where they're – you can't really completely shut them down. You can neutralize them, like I just said. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I think Barzell just because of his speed, and he might he doesn't have to score. His presence is just felt throughout the game. Like the he's his first goal came in Game Six against the Flyers, but he's his line and and everything. He's been a huge part of why the Islanders have gotten this far and why that team is as good as they are. A lot of it is yeah. because of Barzell and. Because of his speed, because of his talent, it's kind of hard to defend against him. And that's why for the Flyers, um, their little way of trying to defend against him is just kind of keep him to the outside and hope for the best. Yeah, and a little bit more about that, Mike, is Matt Barzell. He is no doubt an elite player. He is tremendous skill, his speed, his puck handling, his shot ability. He's like in the – all-around complete player that you want on your team 
and even better, he's a center, if I'm not mistaken, which tops yes. it off. He's, I'll, I'll put this way. So I think he's, he's easily in the top six. If he's not already on the top line, he's at least on the second line. But I'm pretty sure he's on the top line. I can't he's remember. He's absolutely on the top line. I was going to say, like, I, I, I'm saying, like, I've seen crazier things happen where they have, like, another, like, top center or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I want to throw it past him because it's a Lou Lamarillo run team, but well, right, it's Barry Trotz if right. Barry Trotz is putting him first center. <laughs> but uh, anyway, my point is though, no matter which team you would put this guy on, he's going to be your number one center. Oh, okay. he's. That, I got you now. I get where yeah. you're going with that. Yeah. Uh, but no, all in all, though, uh, Barzell, his, and you're seeing it more and more again because we're watching this so closely I'll, every game. I'll say this too, for a lot of young players that may be average sports fans or just hockey fans in general, there's a lot of coming out for people who may have heard these names but never actually seen them. So Matthew, yeah. Bar- Matthew Barzell, Patterson, Carter Hart, um, some of these young guys. High skin in. sure. A lot of these guys who you might not have heard of, high skin in, I'd say more so last playoffs, last year for the Stars. I mean, even time. then, not many people I know, but still I, yeah. true. true. I, I'll give you that. True. Dallas and and then unfortunately they don't have much of a spotlight out mm-hmm. there. And, you know, and, you and know, for anyone uh, who says there wasn't any talent in these playoffs or any well-known team or well-known top-tier talent that was playing in these playoffs, you were totally wrong there. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a lot so of coming out to there. that to that one uh, numbskull who said that. Uh, there's you know not enough talent in the NHL and That's and what, uh, yeah. yeah and there's like more talent in the NBA kind of thing. He claimed he was a hockey fan too. Literally right there, I, I retweeted and quoted the tweet. I need three stars on each and every team left in the second round, yeah. like that. There's a lot of good talented people. A lot of people. Yeah, and literally, the only reason I ran out of space was because I was typing on Twitter mm-hmm. and ran out of room to type. Like, because uh, for a lot of people, characters. I know it was only two, maybe three games for Thatcher, but a slight coming out party for Thatcher Demko, especially with oh, like yeah. how he put the numbers he put up. Carter Did you, Hart, I don't much, know if you saw much of game seven between the Canucks and Golden Knights last night, Mike. I saw the start of it. I didn't gotcha. it. If you have a chance, go back and watch the sequence that Robin Leonard made a huge save, and then the very next. Play. I know. I know when I know when it happened because I saw yeah. both your tweets. It was like two minutes apart from one another. But with Robin Leonard, he, he made an unbelievable save, probably the same plus. And then Thatcher Demko matched it with such a great yeah. save himself. And oof, but no, it, it, there's a lot of talent, and, and it really was a coming out party for Thatcher Demko, who, by the way, um, he put up some incredible numbers. Mike, did you mention you had them there? I didn't have them. I just know he threw it up. Gotcha. Um, let me bring up his stats really quickly here. And by the way, he's only only twenty four. Carter Hart. Uh, so he was two and one in. Uh, he started three games, appeared in four, two and one. Uh, one hundred thirty save attempts, two goals a lot. Zero point six four save percentage, one hundred twenty eight saves. So, uh, 985 save percentage. Yep, and a shutout. Played 186 minutes, and it was he had a shutout streak going. It was like 98 minutes or something like that. Something like that. Uh, somewhere around there, he had a pretty uh big uh 
especially last shut game because the shot differential in that and that last game was huge. Yeah, it was he a stopped lot more. Ninety-eight straight shots between games six and seven. Yeah, and one hundred twenty-three shots, one hundred twenty, one hundred twenty-three saves on one hundred twenty-five shots. Yeah, they've got their future golden. They do. So now the question, honestly, is for Vancouver. Age. Do you let Jacob Markstrom go? I, I, I mean, I wouldn't because your other goalie is Louis Domingue, who also is just a backup. But but the other thing though is think about it. You have the Seattle expansion draft coming up within uh, you know next year, and if you're not careful, you're gonna lose Thatcher Demko. If you decide to protect Jacob Markstrom over Demko, I don't know why they would do that, but I don't know either. But I'm just saying, they like, definitely no would not do that. <laughs> it's like well, again, the fly- that's it's like just the Flyers protected Brian Elliott over Carter Hart. Why would they do that? <laughs> Who knows? I'm just saying. I I, I was reading on the Athletic that uh, the early mock version they that uh, the guy of uh, the mock draft. Expansion draft. They had the guy uh, who covers, or one of the lead guys who covers Vancouver for uh, the Athletic. He has Markstrom protected over Demko. That's just dumb. Yep, just saying. So, I would personally protect Thatcher Demko at all costs. I get Markstrom is good. He's also thirty. Demko, the only thing he's younger. Yeah, I don't know how the expansion draft works, but I I think there might be a certain amount of games you have to play. I don't know. No, and there, there certainly is. There's some players that are uh, that are not protected. Sorry, that are exempt. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. From the expansion draft. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't really care at the moment because we're still a little ways from that. I know. It, it's something uh, I always look forward to. Uh, just like the, the just any drafts in general, but especially the uh, Vegas expansion draft was a very cool experience to watch, and mm-hmm. I'm very excited to watch this upcoming one for the Seattle Kraken. Anyways, we went on a little long tangent there, but random tangent. Over, yeah, we're good at that. But back to uh, the Islanders and Flyers series because I was talking about Brazil and it got us talking about Demko and guys. Oh, that's right. Coming out parties and Brazil is by far the one of those guys as well. Um, the next person I think that needs that is probably um, Jack Eichel. Yeah, he. Oof. Because if he good, gets but... any sort of help there in Buffalo, and you can yeah. see the talent there for him, he's he's not the Connor McDavid that he's going to be able no. to bring the whole team just by himself. Essentially, no, he's not. Unfortunately, but he has the talent. He has what it takes to do well. But yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, that wait, wait. I'm still surprised that Game Six ended the way it did. There was no reason why the Flyers should have come out with that win, but they did. I, That's exactly right. They weren't playing particularly well the whole game. Coaching came into question of what are you doing? <laughs> and, and including a very poor decision by Lane Vigneault to challenge a clear, clear play that yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. He it seemed like he was about to just let it go, but something he changed was, his but mind. Something changed his mind. Last second. So, and, someone said something on the bench, I think, that said, Hey, yeah. I will say this. this. I don't. I don't think it's a confidence issue because I don't think Elaine Vigneault is dealing with a confidence issue. But that's the only thing I can't where that came to my mind because when you're second guessing yourself, that's where you start to worry, especially when you're the head coach second guessing. Right. You're the head guy, and yeah, it was close, and 
sure, every goalie who gets run into is going to automatically think, hey, it's goalie interference. I was yeah. just ran into. But again, it was the Flyers' own guy who tripped up the Islanders yeah, exactly. player that went into Carter Hart. Yeah. And especially how the other ones have gone right. in this series. Well, they shot. haven't called yeah. the best plays on penalties, challenges left and right. Yeah. I will say there have been some real spotty challenges over the last couple of games and yeah. everything. For and I will say this too. At this, if and not a couple of bounces going the Flyers' way, the series could look a little different. Like if Elaine Vigneault doesn't challenge that goal, maybe that goal they score in that power play doesn't happen. Maybe it does. They were just playing well that period, so maybe it does. Never know. Um, maybe if you know Justin Braun doesn't shit it at uh, Martin, at, uh, at Martin, he doesn't go all the way and score because he was the one that set up that play. Thank you, uh, Justin Braun. And also a couple of games ago uh, where I think it was game four where they lost, where Nis- yeah, it was where Niskanen got caught twice and they both capitalized. One was pretty much an, an, uh, a uh, breakaway and the other one was a two-on-one and both mm-hmm. of them they cashed. If Niskanen doesn't pinch so hard, maybe those – come out a little differently. The other game where Carter Hart may have led in a couple tight uh, goals you could blame him just because he didn't squeeze tight enough and it just squeezed by. If he just squeezed a little tighter, maybe the series may have a different flow to it. But either way, and maybe it'd still be the same outcome, but it's just something I was thinking about. It's just been a really close series, and these games have shown outside of that first game, Mm -hmm. that 4-1 finish. Every other game in the series has been very close. No team come tonight should be comfortable with any lead. Both teams have blown leads. Yep. Um, yeah, game two, four, three, Flyers won overtime. Game three, Islanders, three, one. Game four, three, two, Islanders, four, three, overtime. And then five, four, second overtime, game six. That's been very, very close. But last, especially if we're looking at game six, there's no stat at all. That would make you think the Flyers should have come out with that win. Advanced stats, regular stats. Other than the fact that the Flyers just kind of, it's just hockey and the Flyers just took advantage of little mistakes the Islanders made. Yeah, they really Flyers, did. Flyers fans should know this because if you remember years back, it always seemed the Flyers were doing really well. They were controlling play. Then one bad thing leads to a goal from the other team. Yeah. The other team wins because Flyers just can't come back at that point. No, for whatever reason. That. But game six was the opposite of that. The Flyers had those moments. Uh, and sure, if you look at the shot discrepancies, especially with the amount the Flyers had, you might throw Barlam off a bit because maybe he didn't play well. The only goal I'll give him is the raffle goal where they tied mm-hmm. it, only because the one thing where they do really well on for the Islanders' sake that wasn't on that play is not giving up rebounds, but when they are given up, that the defense just kind of sweeps them away. But Rafa was right there. It's been something you've been saying all playoffs for the Flyers to get someone in front of the net, and that's why that goal happened. That's exactly right, Pro-Rof, Mike. And again, and that finally, and finally, people got in front of the net. Rafa, this is why he's such a key part to this Flyers. And that's team. another thing too. He missed what two, maybe three games because he was hurt. He came back two in game games, six, yeah. and Katoria was hurt in game six. If the Flyers are healthy again, it might be the same outcome. Game five. Yeah, but either way, it could be a sim. 
different outcome if you know these guys weren't hurt if they were playing the whole time maybe right that fourth line doesn't have to get jumbled so often and maybe they do a little better job against the Barzell line but you would hope but the whole also this too um mm-hmm. the whole reason why that goal does get set up is because of uh Abe Kubel yeah he pulled a Barzell essentially and he just kind of skated past everyone something the Flyers just never were able to do Again, that's why you need all this speed, all this depth. You have these key guys like Albicupo, like Raffle, uh, that really, you know, get to the dirty areas and really show why they belong on this team. Because without players like those guys, there's no one that's getting to these dirty areas, and there's no one that's getting to the areas that you really need to – because, again – like earlier in the series, you saw all the Islanders players 95% of the time getting to the puck first. Why? Because you saw I don't know if, if it's just laziness or what, but the Islanders just wanted it more. You could tell that all it's, they cared and you know, every single – That's where their, strength, their strengths are for yeah. checking and clocking out the neutral zone. So I think as the series has gone on, both teams pretty much know what's going to be thrown at them. Just right. how they're going to be able to counteract that and if they're able to succeed. And how teams are going to execute Even though Carter Hart gave up four goals. He still looked great. He kept the team in. The first overtime, you were terrible. It might have been the oh, worst yeah. period the whole game. And Carter Hart kept us in. He played incredible. Yeah, he as gave he up has, four goals. As he pretty much has all playoffs. Yeah. And if, if we're talking like this, as we were talking about Dr. Demko, Carter Hart's had a great playoffs too, and he's even younger. Yeah. He is unbelievable. Also, and you talked about this uh, earlier in the podcast about hopefully uh, you get Couturier and uh, uh, Fairview back, but yeah. we also didn't mention this yet, and that uh, Oscar Lindblom came back and played in game six. He actually played, and he played 18 minutes. He yeah. played 18 minutes. I think they minutes. also did it great. Uh, it didn't start out well because his first shift was two minutes long because he got stuck. Yeah, uh, that his it, line it got was stuck. an unfortunate start. Um, and and you, you could tell he was trying to find and they his legs and really, everything. And... I think they did a good job easing him in. It seemed like every other shift he was out there with his line. And the yeah. other shifts where he wasn't, someone just got double shifted in his spot. Right. But uh, no, and, he, and the, he played great Yeah, for his first scheme back in, like, what, nine months? Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's actually a good great uh not a great problem but it's a problem because what do you throw out there for the flyers if Farabee can go if Couturier can go does Lombard then come back out just to see how he feels and you don't I don't know or it's and you've got Raffle back too so there's actually a couple of questions here of what you want to do with this roster if you're Chuck Fletcher and Elaine I know what I, would I know do. what you would do I know what a lot of Flyers fans would want to do but it's not going to happen. I know. Um, Stupid. Yeah, it is. I know. Um, <laughs> because if it were, if it were me, I. If you do have Lumbaum play, Thompson comes back. Thompson's out. Cherry comes back in. Yep. Yep. Fairby's in. You take out Grant. Who centers the fourth line? Push everyone down. I don't know. Uh, that's. I think it would then actually have to be Farabee because I'm not. T- I 
I would say fine, maybe Abi Kubel, but Abi Kubel set up the one goal, the Rafa goal. He's yeah. played really well, and he's been the one person that's done really well at actually being able to shut down or actually beat Islanders to uh, pucks. So I don't want him out either. So if it's that, then you just push. And fair, if Lindblom's in for Fairby, let's say, um, which realistically you could say is probably an upgrade, Lindblom or Fairby, because Fairby's still Fairby's still growing as a player. If you're looking at it on paper, even though I know Lindblom yeah. had his cancer and he's going to be short shifted, but what I would then do is Lawton goes back to the third line. Then your third line is what JVR, Lindblom, and Lawton. Grant slots the fourth. Grant slots the fourth line with with Knack and uh, Raffle. Yeah, that's not bad. And it's Mike Trotz did also say this. You know, he's pretty much said it after every game that there's going to be some type of lineup change yeah. yet to happen. And if I, yeah. if I'm a betting man, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> he said it so many times so far. It's it's the like boy who cried rough at he's this try, point. He's trying to throw everyone off. Yeah, when's the wolf coming? Okay. <laughs> it's essentially what he's doing. I know it's uh, maybe something just for the Flyers' sake. And, I don't know. And the Flyers, real, uh, if there's anyone that was doubting, uh, if there was still anyone that doubted Couturier and his uh, impact for the Flyers, if, I'm sure there's still those people. But Game 6 really showed they were missing yeah. Couturier. A, a lot of thanks is actually thanks to... Um, Giroux did a lot of his face-offs that Couturier he, he would take. stepped up and, and Giroux stepped looked up. Great. stepped up. Um, a lot of these Thompson guys stepped too. up. I know you, you are a yeah, big fan of Thompson, uh, but he had a couple key face-offs in overtime. He did, and, and, uh, and as much as I hate to you know, admit everything, you know, Nate Thompson, he, at times he looked real sharp, and I'm happy that for him that he did have some good key moments mm-hmm. that was actually but, uh, very effective for this team. Because, again – and that shows why, you know, mm-hmm. Flyers really went out and got him because, you know, he – That's his strength. He, his when face he faced off from time to time yeah. and, you know, he's a, a veteran guy. And, uh, and, again, he's a kind of player you want to have. He can be frustrating at times. But he's typically the kind of player you want. I don't think we're going to – I think it's uh, – if this is the last Flyers game this season, it's probably the last game you're going to see Thompson in a Flyer uniform, let's be honest Which with Which I don't mind. And maybe uh, Braun too. It better so be, be for Braun because I'm done oh. with him. I'm oh, he's a waste of money right now. He's yeah. he's wasting a, a roster space for someone who actually could benefit from having exactly. it. And realistically uh, speaking, yeah. you can make the argument that maybe the Flyers are worse after their trades than they did when they made the trades during the off season. I'm not talking about the Pitlick trade because he's worked out really right. well. I'm talking about the Grant and uh, Thompson because at times I thought uh, Bunneman might actually be better than Thompson. Yeah, no, that and, and it's showing, you know. But I'll put it this way: um, Nate Thompson during the regular season, he he didn't look bad. I'll I'll put it this way: Derek Grant, he looked great, like ever since the Flyers acquired he's him. Real, yeah, he's cooled off. But though. he really, like, I don't I don't know what what happened to the Derek Grant that the Flyers traded for. That's not the Derek Grant that the Flyers were hoping to get. Clearly, something I don't know what's going on with Grant, but. It's not nearly Maybe the same it's he has saw. at times he had to be slotted to the third line. He's just not a third line center. No, but I, I don't know. So I mean, it's... luckily they took him off that. And even when he is, he's been on the that last game. He kind of had to because Kateri was out and again. Right. 
Hopefully, and that's another thing. Maybe why the Avalanche may have lost is because they were without um, what's his fault, uh, Landeskog, right? Last night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Say that again. Who was Colorado out with last? Yeah, night? Landeskog. Landeskog. That's what I thought it was. Um, but so much of the Flyers. That's another key loss, and I don't want to blame that for why the Avalanche lost. But when you're missing that piece, especially realize, your captain. Yeah. I mean, and fly and Kateri, who. If he is your most important player, if not arguably your best player right now, mm-hmm. when you're missing him, it's it shows. It shows because again, when he's again, not putting up points, Barzell scores. Shutting it took down players. six games for Barzell to finally put one in the back of the net. Yep, and That's what do you not, know? Uh, it was the game where Katori happened to be not playing. Exactly, he hasn't been able to shut him down. He's neutralized him. He hasn't been able to shut him down though. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just if Gutierrez plays, I could see them to and I'm either way, I'm probably taking Philadelphia just because it's my pick. That's <laughs> my pick going in, and I'm a Flyers fan, yeah. So, my Flyers fandom is gonna be in there, uh, for hoping to pull out game seven. But I don't know how you can, if there's no Gutierrez, I don't know how you can do it two games in a row. That's where, again, the depth players like Raffle, like Lawton, uh, like Aubie Kubel really have to step up their game. I think you're going to see similar game seven that he'd suffer game six. I don't think it's going to be like you saw the start the series or in the middle where it was 3-1 or 3-2. I think it's going to be another firework potential, potentially. It definitely because could be. I could see that. There could, there's going to be guys who are going to try to be the heroes who might get – who might st- – take one too many strides and get caught or that happened in game six the overtime winner the stick broke and Provorov is really good at take, taking advantage of this situation yeah and, and he recognized the situation because mm-hmm. the guy who broke his stick for um, the Islanders he and you saw him he tried to go back he just to get um, a new stick and he couldn't he mm-hmm. couldn't he, uh, he literally ran out of uh, it's a similar way. Really, uh, time it's because a similar he way realized he that mm-hmm. he wasn't going to get back in time, and it was know, a similar way. I'd rather instead of giving the guy a clear breakaway, try to defend the best he could. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it it uh, it didn't matter. Similar to <clears> the game <throat> against Montreal during the season when he won in overtime. Yep. That time he realized there was a forward in front of him. Took advantage. Thanks to Kevin Hayes on the bench. Exactly. But in this situation, too, everyone saw the stick break, and everyone was like, go, 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 go. Yeah. And, and, and Kevin chance. Hayes this went like right one chance down the whole... Broad Street. Yeah. Lucky in the second overtime, the Flyers were probably the better team. Yeah. In overtime. But in that sense, you're like, okay, this is your probably best chance. There's a defenseman without a stick. Take advantage. And they did. Yeah. That's and exactly again, right. It's, it's probably going to be one of the things in the series and this game as well as just take advantage if you can. If it's an icing, take advantage. If it's a power play, I, I know we've said it all season. Maybe this is the power play that breaks through because they have yet to score at all in the series. Um, it's again, been a another, yeah, another guy I wouldn't mind if this if a Flyers loots tonight. If this is this last game, um, and uh, Tarion, yeah. He, uh, he he deserves to get shot into the cannon, or shot out of a cannon, I should say. Shot into he, a cannon. He's out of a cannon into a cannon. You know what? That that sounds good. That, that works for me. Yeah, no, he he's he's and been 
God I know awful. It, I know it, I there's, mean, if this awful. was if this was a regular playoffs, it's a game seven. The Flyers would have had home ice advantage. There would have been some benefit there, but the Flyers do have less change, so they do which have helps that, a lot, especially if they want to get the right lines against Barzell. At Barzell game six, even JG Pajot. Yeah, game six took. Eh, I'd say more so. I care more. I know Pajot too, but I'd be more worried about the Bavillier line. Yeah, no, no, Bavillier. For those who don't least, understand how good uh, Bavillier, Anthony Bavillier is, they're getting again a welcome, you know, a welcome out party and everything, and uh, just show how good King Scopely is. I knew he was a pretty solid player. I didn't understand how good he actually was until watching him very, very closely. He's a lot better, in my opinion, than most people realize. That's what I think. It, it took I was going to say, I it don't, took I, him I, long I, enough. It took him well, long right. enough. Well, uh, right. Uh, again, I think he, he's still a relatively young player where he's still trying to, you know, it, it, for me, I don't know if he's one of those players that it, it might take him some time to, you know, kind of really have a, a breakout year kind of thing. But we're kind of finally starting to see what kind of player Anthony Bavilli could be. And I think a reason why, I don't, because th- I know after the last, the, Game five when the Flyers lost, uh, Niskanen said it just one game, then uh, ties will turn. I don't think the ties mm. are completely in the Flyers' favor here. I think there's no real, I honestly think it's a 50 50 split who wins this game tonight because both teams had times have looked good and both times yeah. they've made mistakes and looked bad. Even those games where the Flyers looked bad because they kept turning it over, mm. the, uh, Islanders were doing the same thing essentially. Yeah. They, well, so, as, it wasn't as hurtful or noticeable, but they were still making those mistakes too. Yeah, so uh, let's do this. So there's on NHL.com's website, they have a uh, little article, three keys for game seven. All right, so let's break these down because these are some great questions. One, who's in goal for the Islanders? Will it be Simon Varlamov, who started 14 of the Islanders' 15 games this season? Yeah. 2.00 goals against average, 0.921 save percentage, two shots. He has allowed nine goals on 63 shots in losing games five and six. There's no, Tomas there's no question played, who's starting. Tomas Grace has played twice against the Flyers, making 20 saves on 21 shots in relief. In, uh, the overtime loss game two. And 36 saves in game four when he, won, when they, he started in one game four. Tross did not name a starter, but it shouldn't be a surprise for who should get the start. It should be Sam Varlamov. I have that strong but weird, bizarre feeling that Tomas Grice could possibly start this game. I don't know why. Just trying to throw out the – because it seems that the Flyers have a tough time beating Grice more than Varlamov. It's usually the way it goes. They usually struggle more against the backup than to do the starter. I'm just saying. I know, I know what you're saying, and yeah, I honestly, so uh, again, it should be everything points out to be it should be Varlama, but I gotta say, just I don't trust Trotz enough to say, oh yeah, Varlama, even though he'd be great for us, or going to go uh, Tomas Grice. Yeah, because he started what game four? Because that game was both. He backups. started game four, yeah. and the owners won three to two. He came in relief of Varlama after allowing three goals, and uh, he. Only allowed one goal, but that, of course, was the overtime goal in game two. Yeah. Um, um, so that game yeah. was last was on Sunday. 
Mm. It's Saturday. Yeah. He hasn't played since Sunday. There's going to be some rust. So there, there, there's a pros and cons to each because obviously at the moment it seems like maybe the Flyers are able to beat them now because the last two games combined they put up nine goals. Yeah. But at the flip side of that, the Islanders have put up seven. Right. It's whichever goalie is sharper. Obviously, there's no doubt on who's starting for the Flyers. It's easily Carter Hart. Carter Hart. Uh, especially the way, the way Game 6 ended. He stood on his head for majority of that Big game. Big time. Especially he made that. some unbelievable saves. He made over 40 saves. Yeah. Uh, so, again, it should be Varlamov versus Hart. But really, in reality, I, I expect it to be Grice versus Hart. Again, I could be wrong. That's just my gut feeling right now. What's the second question? Will Sean Couturier be available? He's unfit to play, of course, in game six. He missed the third period in overtime after the collision in the second period with Matthew Barzell, left 234 in the second period. uh, Vigneault did not discuss his lineup for game seven, leaving, of course, Couturier's status in question. If he's unavailable, of course, I'd expect Oscar Lindblom Lindblom to uh, play in his second game. Again, as we mentioned, this is his first game since December 7th, and he played 17 and a half minutes of ice time, uh, three shot attempts. So, yeah, that was a pretty uh, sharp game from him there. I think it's a for that one for Lemblom, like if he plays tonight or not, it's going to come down to the Flyers, medical staff, and Lemblom himself. Lemblom himself is going to say, I, I want to play. But it's going to come no, down I, to. I feel like just. Seeing how Lindblom is, he's going to want to play. It's a game set. It depends on how he recovered after they literally played right. the other day. Cause, so because you could tell, you could tell he he was getting a little exhausted, and, and nothing against him. A little, but you know, because he hasn't played hockey in nine months in an actual exactly. hockey game. I'm not giving him any crap for being and a little extra tired. It's not the best situation to be through. thrown in either when you're thrown in, obviously for momentum reasons, but also. Uh, your season's on the line, and you've—that's the first game you start. It's not the best situation right. to come in, but he handled it really well. He had a couple good moments. He did, um, yeah. So it was really he played great on the second power play unit it. too. So there's that. I did see that. So that was good. Yeah, um, will Sean play tonight? Yes or no? What's your feeling? I'm gonna say yes. Uh, he'll okay. take some shot. He'll—he's gonna pull a Eric Carlson from. A couple seasons. 2017. Ago. He'll play on one leg if he has yeah. to. If he's good enough, if he's 75% or 60% or whatever, I think that's enough. His presence alone is enough for the Flyers to, uh, for the, for every other matchup then to become a little easier because not all, most of the attention would then not be thrown on to Couturier. Because that's what kind of screwed over the Flyers is. In game six, is that, uh, yeah, they were still had to go up against that Drew top line, but defensively it was a little easier because that huge uh, part and the guy who's going to shut you down and everything just wasn't there. Yeah. And realistically speaking, maybe game five doesn't go to an overtime because instead of Thompson's taking that face off. Maybe it's Couturier, but Couturier was hurt yeah. at that point. Yeah. 
again, there's little things, and I, I'm sure you could do it from each side. If one thing did, was a little different, the series could be either over or completely different. And I will say this too, another key part of why I think the Flyers were able to come back and force the Game 7 is because the veterans finally showed up. Yeah. JVR has played out of his mind since Game 5. I know um, or really Game 4. I know they lost Game 4. Game. Yeah. I know they lost that game, but he played really well in that game. He played great. Game and 5, he's... he got a goal. Game 6, he got a goal. Yeah, and... Kevin Hayes has been great. Yeah, he has. Um, Drew has looked like his, his self. He hasn't Obviously, he scored that one goal, but obviously, that's gotten his confidence going. Yeah, I will. Big time. This is my prediction: Can TK finally gets a point. He has been he has been noticeable. He has he been finally. I think he finally uh, gets one in the back of the net. That would be nice because again, think about how huge it would be in a game seven for him. So, looking I will at also this say point. this: I'm a Flyers fan, and I hope if they do win, that they will go on to the cup. Neither of these teams. They may or be going to get past the bolts. No, they may be. They might be able to take advantage early on, just because the Lightning have had a lot more right. time off. But the, it was also just a game seven, so either tiredness or preparedness. It's it. It's a, that you may be able to take advantage, maybe game one, but also not this two. But um, at some point, you may also see Stamkos. Yeah. The other thing I will say, though, Mike, is if the Flyers get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they'll have an easier time, I think, uh, playing the way they usually play. Than they exactly, have. exactly what I was going to bring up because Tampa Bay is not—they don't sit back like Montreal no. or like the Isles. They attack. You'll see a similar you, game like the as like, do. I think you'll see a similar series if the Flyers were the team that plays them. That you'll see. Dallas uh, and Vegas. You know, that you saw oh, sorry. in that uh, last round robin game when the two of them played. Oh yes, that yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, you uh, will. But I will also say this: if it is the Islanders that do go on to win, I think the Lightning are equipped to beat a team like that because obviously on the Columbus, I think the Islanders look, look have they better Columbus. offensive talented team, but. I think the the Columbus Blue Jackets are more pesky, a peskier defensive team than the Islanders are. Oh yeah, they both play similar, very similar system. But they don't have Seth Jones. They don't have. um, Oh, there's an who's it on defense? I don't know, but either way, Jack Wierenski. Yeah, but either way, the the Bolts are now capable to go up against a team like that, and. Even though the Islanders will hit you, I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are even more of a grittier team yes. that will do that. I'll, I'll put it this way. If the Islanders go to the conference finals, Tampa Bay in five. If the Flyers make it to the conference finals, Tampa Bay in five, maybe, keyword, maybe six. Yeah, I could see that. But either way. Was... By the way, it's going to be Tampa Bay going to the finals in our opinions. Yeah. Which, hey, uh, again, w- which now leads me to oh, – also, uh, just uh, before we get into the next point, the third and final uh, three keys of this one, game seven nerves. How do you keep things calm for game seven? Um, you know, like do what, exactly what, what can you do 
to make sure, you know, you just come out on top of the victory in game seven? Well, the Flyers one, it's easy. It's having Oscar Lindblom right there. For the Islanders, it's just playing your system. It's maybe doing a hit or two just to get your feet going. I don't think anyone's really going to have that nervousness. The Flyers veterans have been in game sevens before. You have Matt Niskanen, and Kevin Hayes, Claude Giroux, James Andrews, like Elaine Vigneault as the coach. He's coached. Both of them. Yeah. They faced each other before in the playoffs in these same sort of situations. Barry Trust, yeah. No, they had a three to one. Uh, the Capitals had a three one lead. Uh, Barry Trotz as the coach, Elaine Vigneault for the Rangers. Vigneault's Rangers came back from down three one, forced game seven, and won in game seven. Yeah. So these guys have a history together, too. And if you're a young guy, Carter Hart just it doesn't seem like he has any nerves at all. No, and, and another big thing is I get it, this is you know the Stanley Cup playoffs and it's the second round. The winner gets to go to the, the Flyers. Have, or, I, think, I think it might be a little tremendous more tremendous honor. However, Carter Hart playing leading up in juniors, you know, for uh, the Everett Silver Tips and for t- uh, Team Canada U18 uh, team and everything like that, or, or the junior team for uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Canada know what you're and everything. <laughs> I can't think of it. They, he's played on some of the biggest stages as it gets for those guys, and he understands pressure. He can handle the pressure. I, I will have also no say this. With, the reason yeah. why I think the, there's going to be less nervous nerves on the Flyers is that this is the third game in a row where the Flyers is win or go home. The Flyers have yeah. had three win or go home situations, so that nerves is already gone. The so only me, thing I can say I is guess. make sure you win in regulation, not overtime, please. Because my gonna, heart going, cannot handle uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Again, none of these teams have been proven to keep a lead. No. It's – you got to keep your – get the pedal down. It, oh, God. All right. I'm going to have a bull prediction right here. All right. Let, we can go into our predictions and then kind of – So – Sign off. Uh I know the score. I don't know who's winning yet, but here's my prediction. If a team gets out to a fast start, they're going to be up four to one. But the team that's behind is going to come roaring back and score two goals, but lose four to three with a chance to tie it up late, but they fail to. So it's going to be a four to three final. Winner goes to the Eastern Conference Finals to face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. If, if that's like every other game, that's the other thing too. The yeah. Flyers, because the Islanders are just a team that's just going to get better as the game goes on, especially in this series, the second and third period on. They've just yeah. been that. And they've shown Flyers, it. They've yeah. proven it that they they can be the a Flyers good team have like to go that. back to, if they're able to, go back to mid-season where their best period was pretty much the second period. If yeah. they can go back to that, if they can play just – 40 minutes of good hockey. Not great, just good. Maybe they can pull it out. Um, I'm going to go I'm going to same score, 4-3. Okay. Um, I'm going the Flyers just because I had the Flyers win the series and I can't I can't I can't bet on the Islanders. It's the Islanders, I can't do it. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go 4-3 Flyers win. Um, I say 
Bailey, um, Lee. He seems to be scoring a lot lately. <laughs> uh, Pacheco gets back on the board, and uh, Brock Nelson. Oh, sorry, no, not Brock Nelson. Yeah, Isn't that already three right there? Yeah, it was. I, I'm not good at math. <laughs> uh, for the Flyers, um, I was like TK. TK will score. Um, someone on the defense is going to score. Who's that going to be? Sandheim will score. All right. Drew in that one. And the game winner will go to. Oscar. Oh, yeah, if you're writing a book or a movie, Oscar. yeah, it's Oscar. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be Oscar. Um, one of the hot guys. Uh, well, let's go JVR. JVR. I'll go JVR. JVR. All right. So, uh, I, I did originally pick the Flyers in on six the power in this play. series. Oh, man, now we're talking on the power play. All right. Uh, I had the Flyers in six originally. Like you, I feel like I can't go against that pick. I got to go Flyers here. It's going to be a close one, though. Expect to be a close game. Every game except for game one. It's yeah. close. True. So, for the Islanders, it's a playoff game. It's a big game. J.G. Paggio, not one, but two goals for them. And Josh Bailey with the other. Matt Barzell is going to have three assists tonight. Scott Lawn is going to get on the board. Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, Nicholas Aubrey Kubel. There you go. Let's hope it happens again. I'm really hoping it happens. I'm not confident. I'm not not that confident. (laughs) It's such a tough thing to, to be. So I'll put I've this way. Aged, so, I've aged five years watching this <laughs> playoffs. Dude, look at my playoff beard. Look how thick this freaking beard has gotten since oh, the, the the screen does not do this any it's a No, lot it doesn't do it, it any justice. Yeah, Hold any on. Justice. Let me grab let me get into the light a little bit more so I can show you oh, how like yeah i've been at work when i've been bored or at, during yeah, the game like I, i'll just play with the beard look, look at it. my freaking playoff beard yeah now it looks like i'm telling a good story with the flashlight <laughs> but um yeah well, so i hope that- i I'll, I'll put it this way uh if you had to pick who has the upper hand I give it 51% Flyers, 49% Islanders. The reason why the Islanders had a 3-1 series lead, and now it's in a game seven. If you have a 3-1 series lead, the last thing you want to hear is the term game seven. You do not want that ever. No. And also the Flyers have a lot of veterans that have played in game sevens. They've had a lot of veterans who have gotten come back from a three nothing, sorry three one series lead. You have Claude Giroux, James and Reeves, like three zero Boston series. You had Kevin Hayes for that New York Rangers team against the Capitals and Barry Trotz. You had Justin Braun's San Jose Sharks last year against the uh, Pittsburgh or sorry Pittsburgh Penguins. The um, he's been on both Ve- sides Vegas Golden Knights. He was on it when it was the ver- reverse when it was the Kings, I believe. He was on that one when it was the Kings. So he knows it. 
barely. He knows well. it damn well, yeah. Both sides, so. Yeah. So. We'll see. Hopefully, when they come back, we'll be talking about the next round for the Flyers. That would be ideal. Hopefully. Uh, if not, we'll just, you know, do our fly, how we usually do our end of season, just yeah. how we felt that season went. Highs, yeah. lows, where they go from here. Um, but until then, that's all I got today. Yep. We'll see you next time. <laughs>